Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Milk Podcast. I'm Kevin. I'm Ashwarya. I'm Ella. I'm Sam. I'm Rashawn. I'm Rashid. And I'm Emma. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Today, we're going to start out with a pretty relevant topic, which is seasonal affective disorder. This is a mood disorder that's typically characterized by depression that occurs at about the same time each year. So this is mainly a depression that's related to the changing of seasons. This is common more so in the winter. So symptoms will appear during the late fall or early winter and then go away during the sunnier days of the spring and the summer. But it's also, it does happen um, where people will have the opposite pattern and have symptoms that begin in the spring or summer. So in either case, symptoms are going to start out more mild and then maybe become more severe as the season progresses. Although this is, um, it can be a very crushing and hard to deal with, there are lots of different ways that you can get help and some symptoms that you can start to identify what SAD is and how it affects you. Talk more about the symptoms. We have uh, fatigue, depression, hopelessness, or social withdrawal, all that occurred during that specific season. You may also have trouble sleeping, a lack of motivation, and a lack of concentration. And this could also lead to changes in taste and appetite. And ultimately, it ends with losing interest in activities that you once enjoyed because of the changing of the seasons. So some of the ways to treat um, SAD, a group of medication by helpless therapy. So some medications that I propose I can use is anti antidepressants. But if you want to use medications, you should like talk to your doctor before you do it. But that's some of the ways you can help treat SAD. And more speaking on therapies now, this light therapy and psychotherapy. And light therapy, you'll be basically exposed to artificial light. And some uh, one way to do that is by the help of a light therapy box. So the box will help basically um, mimic outdoor light. And it's gonna help, especially help someone who experiences SAD during the winter or late fall. And other therapy is psychotherapy. So you can basically talk to someone like an adult because if you experience SAD, one of the best ways to like, help yourself with it is to speak to someone. Since when you speak to someone, you actually have the relief to um, talk to someone and feel better about yourself. Uh, yeah. Um, if someone you know or a friend or a loved one has seasonal affective disorder, the number one thing you can do to help them is just be there to be there to talk to them and you know be a good friend, be a good listener. Um, also, sometimes it's hard to, you know, be that sole person that person goes to talk to. So encouraging them to reach out for professional help is also a great way. So that like you know if if it's just your friend, you're not trained professionally, um, to know like the right resources or the right things to say to them. So sometimes encouraging them to go talk to an adult or professional is also a great way to be there and support them. So SAD has a lot of stuff dealing with scientific wise, and it affects like serotonin and melatonin levels and overall affects the biological clock. So like with, since the daylight savings and the transition to like winter like from fall to winter, the person who has sad might experience depression because with a reduced level of sunlight and in, in winter and fall, it makes the person feel more depressed and anxious. And this comes in calories to melatonin levels because it can disrupt the balance of the body. 
and this can affect the sleep patterns and the mood. So imagine a person that usually goes to sleep at 10 o'clock at night. They can't really do that as often because they might feel more anxious or more stressed out. So like what Sean said before, like speaking to a doctor or having different therapies might help them a lot. And you shouldn't be too critical on a person who has that because they might have a different situation than what you have. So it's being more being more open to it and being educated to these stuff might be helpful. Thanks everyone. Hope you guys learned a lot about seasonal affective disorder. And now we're going to transition into the next part of our podcast, our lives with COVID. So the first thing we're going to speak about is school with COVID, which I'm sure everyone here, because um, we're all, we all go to high school. It's a big issue. Um, I know I'm going to start off. I think that with COVID, my biggest problem is that teachers think we have more time and therefore they give us more work. And so um, I think that most people listening to this go to AIT. And so there's always that one teacher that assigns work when it's not even your, your day. And like, if it was normal times, that wouldn't happen. And it just bothers me that that actually happens. Going off of that, um, I also feel like on the days that I am in school, it's more like tests and presentations that we're doing even though it's supposed to be like the one opportunity for us to interact with our teachers, it's usually just them evaluating us. Um, and so I feel like there definitely could be a more productive use of like those in-day, um, in-person days. And I definitely will second the fact that I'll wake up, Google Classroom notifications will be, will be going on and it'll be like, oh, Kimberly Smith posted a new assignment. I'm like, great, more AP bio. Um, but I definitely think that like, although it is nice to be in school on some days, I'm grateful for that. And that we're in a situation where like we can safely return to school. Um, but definitely at times it doesn't feel as safe. All right. So I think I think I'm going to talk about a little bit about what goes on uh, in my version of the hybrid model. So what I see happening is a lot of passive learning. We go to school. If we're not taking a test, we're taking notes. And the notes is just what the teacher has up on the board. There's no actual learning involved, especially with AIT. A lot of us came to AIT to be super hands-on. And even at other schools, I know science experiments and other ways of learning, it's there to be hands-on. Right now, I feel like we're just passively learning the information. We sit at home on our days off to learn some of it by ourselves, go in the next day, take a test, take more notes, and it's just a cycle of all of that. I don't feel like I'm really retaining all the information. I agree. I think the big thing this year is that teachers, as well as students, but I think it's kind of like the teachers putting it on the students that we just feel like we have so much less time, especially at AIT. We're kind of notorious for, you know, like not getting through the curriculum since for every other day. To go off what Ella said, I do feel like a lot of teachers, because of how hybrid works and how it goes every other day, a lot of teachers feel that um, they don't have enough time to like push everything that they need to learn at the end. Um, so I guess that's kind of why some teachers are just like um, putting so much work on us, trying to get everything through and like the when you go into school, it's just boring and the same thing over again. So that's been very interesting, but um, I do acknowledge that teachers are learning. So this is all just like, we're all learning in this process. So we just have to keep uh, working with. And Ashori, I know you brought up um, the fact that we're not able to do like labs in science. And I had this one situation in physics uh, last week where 
I was online and uh, one of my teachers was trying to do a lab with us online. It was, it was so sad. Like I was so bored. I was so unengaged because like they were just like showing us literally like um, like a voltmeter with like these digital readings that I couldn't even see. So I was just like completely unengaged with the class. It was completely unfun when in past years actually doing labs was the most fun thing that you could do in a science class. And nowadays it's just it's not as good. Yeah, so um, speaking of COVID in school, I feel like you expect them to give like, less work, but at the end, they give you more than what you initially thought of. I find it kind of sad to think about that since you expect teachers to be on your side and help students out, especially during difficult times, but like they don't. For some teachers do, but some teachers don't. And uh, more don't think about um, school, uh, maybe after school too. Some people have some life out of school, like some sports, so after school clubs. And I feel like some teachers need to understand that too when they give so much work to students. Yeah, I agree with all you guys was talking about. And like, especially with the hybrid model, like Blue Day and Green Day. And if you're working like in Blue Day and you have work during Green Day, it must, might be much difficult for you to ask your teachers some questions during a time period. And I feel like kind of ruins your, like your scheduling because you have to do work at home. It might be difficult for some people because your parents might be asking you to do something else while you have science. And like, it's about overall just stressful to multitask, doing like multitask with different work. But I feel like the teachers in general, they gave us a lot of homework during off days so it's most difficult for like students to finish it at the same time ask questions because the teachers have other stuff to do so i feel like overall it's pretty stressful i will second roshith on that um another thing that we're doing at home besides class would be all of our school clubs so I know that like medical mentorship is also meeting online. Um, same with milk and a bunch of the other clubs in the school. Um, for the most part, I've, I felt like we're able to meet more regularly and like attendance is pretty good at my clubs, but also at the same time, you can tell that it's like very hard to get everyone interactive um, and like actively engaged in the material. I know that like, that's something that we as execs are really working on for like our general member meetings, because we want everyone to feel like they're still a part of this club, even though we're like not meeting in person. Um, how does everyone else feel about the clubs they're in? Um, I feel about the same way. I mean, I think another big thing is with everything being on Zoom, you know, like Zoom fatigue is a real thing. I feel like I'm always like sitting at home, just at my computer, even if like what I'm doing I'm having fun at it's kind of just like the same thing every single day I only have like one activity where I actually leave my house um so I think that's also a big thing um that people are like even if they're enjoying the activities they're still feeling that element of like isolation and like disconnectedness from like the people um in the clubs yeah, I totally see where you're coming from with that. It is really hard to just sit in front of a computer all the time and only seeing people through Zoom. And even with that disconnectedness in clubs and in school, it's just hard overall, I feel like, with just having the majority of our social interaction online. Because even in schools, 
we're just taking tests all the time. During lunch, we sit six feet apart. Like we don't have that social interaction that I think teenagers really need. Like I can totally see a difference between what was going on last year at this time and what's happening like this year at this time. Right. I feel like we're not getting that social interaction and just being on Zoom all the time with Zoom fatigue, just staring at a computer, seeing your friends over a screen. And even if it's not on Zoom, the, the best way you could contact people is either through texting or FaceTime. Like you're not really having that much in-person interaction with them because everything's really high risk still. Not to mention um, because of everything that some it's harder to do certain things such as talking to teachers because now we can't stay after school and we would have to schedule a meeting with them online and not to mention you have to schedule a meeting with guidance so we know that for the seniors it's been a little difficult um, reaching the guidance and getting everything working so overall this year has been a little overwhelming but you know we're I think we're continuing along and like keeping that positive mindset has really um, kept a lot of us going. Uh, so if it's okay for everyone else, I'm now going to transition into social lives during COVID. Um, definitely like seeing friends and family has been very different and it, it can feel isolating. Um, but I'm, I'm sure and I hope that everyone here had a great Thanksgiving that was safe and fun. Um, Usually in my household, we'll have all of our family over. So this was kind of the first time that my dining room table was just like the four people in my family. Um, but, you know, of course, Zoom Thanksgiving has really taken on a new meaning, being thankful through the camera. Um, but also, like, I found myself in sort of a debate with myself and the people around me of like, under what circumstances is it safe to see my friends? Because I go to school and I see people in the hybrid model, but then it's like, of course I wanna see my friends that are in the other group. How do I like see them safely without, you know, getting canceled by the people on social media? Um, well, that that's not the only consideration, but obviously like being safe for public health, your health, it's really important, but also I don't wanna be that person that has like pictures with masks off and posting. Uh, so has anyone else kind of found that same debate and what's your experience like? Um, I agree. I think especially like in the spring when everything first like locked down, it was very difficult to see some like to see people. I didn't see people for like a solid like three months. I think all of us can agree. I think like this summer and then like this fall, I've started like going on walks like, you know, like social distance walks, which are a good way to like see your friends still be safe. Um, but also now that it's getting cold, that's kind of a um, a tricky one too, because like, do you really want to go out and um, walk with your friends if it's like snowing? So I think that's definitely going to become harder as it becomes colder um, as well. Also, another weird part of hanging out that I've noticed in, within myself is that I have this weird like feeling of guilt whenever I hang out with someone because like, oh, I'm part of the problem. I'm going to spread COVID when as long as you're following the rules, as long as it's not, it's not, it's like not a huge party and you're still um, abiding by the safety guidelines, you're wearing masks, it's fine. But there's still just like this feeling in me of like guilt that I'm like doing something forbidden, which is something that you definitely have to work on. And it's definitely um, irrational. You should shouldn't feel bad for hanging out with someone as long as you're doing it safely. But it's still something that just shows up and it's, it's kind of weird to think about because um, it certainly wouldn't happen if COVID wasn't a thing. 
and also since we, since we can't really physically meet each other, there are other ways to talk to people. Like you can speak to them on the phone or FaceTime. But of course, this may not feel like the same thing to be honest. But you also have to remember that like to help stop the risk of COVID, you gotta take responsibility on your own hands. And like if you need to like isolate yourself for 14 days. But also also remember that um you might you could talk talk to people physically, but not in a bad way. Like if you can both like isolate yourself before touching each other or talk to each other, like if you want to go to your cousin's house or whatever, you should like take all precautions, then talk to them. And yeah. Yeah, more like touching into like the feeling of guilt. Like I remember when during Thanksgiving, my family and I we just played soccer. And I was so confused, like, where should I wear a mask or anything? Like, I feel like it's like more about what Sean said about responsibility. You should understand that like six feet and everything. And at the same time, like enjoying what you do. So so like having time with your friends and your family, and just at the same time being six feet and wearing a mask. It's very important. So it does bring a lot of stress with a lot of people. And like you don't want to be that guy or that person to like ruin the problem, like make the problem worse. So like I feel like understanding what you should do before doing it, it's like a major concept. I wanted to touch a little bit on how I've been still seeing people virtually because to me and I know for a lot of other people it sort of feels like the safest way to still have fun um so I know that my friends and I have been playing a lot of jackbox games they're really cool you can download them on your computer and it's very interactive um I also do lots of Netflix parties Ashwarya and I watch some Halloween movies together on Halloween so I think that they're like so many ways that you can still have fun even if it's just like facetiming um, and like there, there's all kinds of stuff out there. So like, feel free to chime in guys, if you have any other ways that you've been able to connect with people virtually. Well, a lot of Zoom game nights as well. Um, in another club that Ella and I did, we did a Zoom game of Kahoot. And although I know Kahoot is like associated with school, you can definitely do other games on Zoom. And I think that virtually hanging out is uh, important too. But with what Roshit said about how you have to remember to have fun. And although this is a really stressful time for all of us, and I know and COVID is still incredibly high risk, if you're six feet apart, if you have masks on, you should have a little bit of fun. If you're gonna see one person, you can pick like a COVID buddy that you know you only hang out with each other. And if that's something that's possible for you, you should definitely do that. Virtual nights are super fun, but sometimes there is just a need for physical interaction. And with what Kevin said, I totally get that too. When I'm hanging out with people, once like it the back of my head I'm like wait should I like not be doing this is this bad and I, I get that too and I'm sure a lot of like a lot of us do I think it's really important to remember that we're teenagers we're growing we need social interaction but with that touch of responsibility as well we need to make sure that we are not going to be a part of the problem and that we are doing everything in a safe way and that we are not a part of this problem because it is important to hang out, it is important to socially distance, important to wear masks, but it's also important to have that interaction with people. And considering now that we're going to school and such and we're getting some of that there, I feel like it's really important to understand to not feel guilty when you hang out with the one person that you hang out with.
Um, I think on that note, like as much as social interaction is very important, and it's important to find ways to do that too. I think just in general, it's important to take time for self care. Like it's always important, but especially now. Um, so I know that like, I've definitely had to get creative because a lot of times people's form of self care is hanging out with their friends, which you can't always do now. So like, for me, I'll like, you know, watch a movie by myself sometimes, or like I'll go on a drive or listen to music. I think finding like your thing and your thing that makes you happy is really important, even if it's, you know, an individual activity that you can do like on the weekends. And that's also another great way to distract yourself from school stress, because I know now there's just so many stressors. There's school, there's COVID, there's so many other things going on that like you need time and you need something to help you distract yourself. So definitely finding that one thing for you, I think is another like great way to you know cope during this time. I said this during our last milk webinar, but my coping method and my self-care thing is running, which um, for a lot of people is very unusual. And a lot of people definitely wouldn't say the same exact thing as me. But for me, just like getting outside, it, definitely just nature and like fresh air. I know a lot of other people, and even in this um, on this podcast, uh, like being in nature and just taking walks. But for me, just getting away from the house, getting away from all of the hectic um, nature of my family, um, it's definitely beneficial. And it's definitely something I do to um, improve my mental health. And then also another thing is, uh, even though it's not really a coping strategy, um, I definitely have been working on my sleep schedule, which has been completely ruined because of COVID. So just being more mindful of when I go to bed and when I wake up um, and not waking up at like um, later during the remote days and going to bed way later on remote days is something to definitely keep in mind. And that's definitely a, something that has to do with self-care. I will go off of that and, and honestly say that my sleep schedule has been in total limbo and I hope I'm not alone um, because I definitely do stay up later on the nights when I don't have school in person the next day. So I think that like looking into just like fixing your sleep schedule, which is definitely something I'm trying to dedicate myself to can be a really good way to like alleviate some stress, some anxiety. I, th I think that like I read that it takes it takes like 20, 21 days to form a habit, something around that, where it's like, if you commit yourself to it, it becomes easier over time. So I hope that you all can like take that motivation in mind. Um, let us know, talk to us in school if you found that helpful, because I think we could all use some motivation to just get out of bed and, and like go with your days, even if you're not at school. So definitely we'll get back to you guys on that and see 21 days, how we're doing. Um, Another thing um, that I did want to bring up is sort of how like um, how like not seeing people in person as much has affected our own mental health. I know that I've tried to cope with like not seeing people as much through like lots of FaceTiming um, all the time. Although like FaceTiming is not a replacement for in-person interaction, it's definitely better. Um, I've also found myself having a lot of fun on group chats. There's a lot of cool features in like iMessage, um, like game pigeon games, definitely ways to mentally kind of boost your mood. But I'm definitely not going to ignore the fact that um, it does like feel isolating sometimes when you're like, oh, I just like, I can't see people. And that's like, it's like a very crushing feeling, but 
I think that like it's a part of your own responsibility to be safe and like feel good about that. So yeah, how does anyone else uh, feel like they've been supporting their mental health recently? Um, this last week, I, I did a room makeover and didn't have time for, like, for myself as much. And especially during this break, I decided to have some time for myself. And I was just dad, I, I, I especially like playing soccer. So I just play soccer over the week. And I feel like a lot of people don't really consider self-care as an important like responsibility. But once you actually like, do something for yourself, you feel so better afterwards. You actually think about how you actually had time for yourself to do something to do something that you actually care about. And you actually feel like way better about yourself. Um, yeah. something that oh sorry something no, that um I have been like especially like the last couple of weeks is it sounds kind of counterintuitive but it's been working for me I don't know it's kind of like embracing the isolation kind of and embracing the time alone you know like well one to just like you know work on yourself work on like your own mind and like growing with yourself but also like sometimes I just like feel the need to just, you know, lay on the floor, put on some music and just like lay there for like 10 minutes. I think that sometimes like, just like taking that time to slow down and like try your very best to you know, turn off your mind is also another just like, kind of like weird self-care tactic. I, like, I don't know if that'll work for everyone, but stuff like that, I don't know, it's kind of weird, but. To uh, piggyback off of, Ella, you know, the whole like positive spin on COVID, it has kind of like forced us to think about ourselves and be isolated. And I think I'm kind of like care um, thankful for that because I did I just know like before COVID, I wasn't really taking the best care of myself. But now that I have the time, like I'm watching a whole lot more movies than I'm used to, and I'm drawing more, I'm doing more things now that I'm by myself and I'm just besides everything that's happening outside I'm thankful that I have that like isolation time now at least on the weekends anyways yeah so I feel like self-care is very important especially during the pandemic and everything like that but you should, at the same time you should do like hobbies that what you enjoy but at the same time like mitigating the chance of having like mitigating the chance of spreading the virus so you Sometimes you can't really play soccer because there might be like 20 people playing on the field. So like, you have to like wait and be more patient. But like, you can do other stuff that like reduces the chance of spreading the virus, like playing games inside your house or like reading books. But in general, I don't like reading books, but if it's helpful for you, you can just read books. And like just listening to music is having like, doing things that what you love. Yeah, and I agree with what everybody else has said. It is really important to take care of yourself, especially in this time with everything going on with all the stressors. I feel like you have to take at least a couple minutes out of your day every day just for yourself. And it's important to take care of yourself like you take care of other people. But if some things are getting too hard, there are a lot of resources that you can go to to help you take care of yourself. So uh, at our school, we have a school psychologist, a social worker, and then a teen talk counselor. 
Um, their names are Dr. Bria, Miss Mary, Miss Marsha. Uh, those are the contacts at our school. It's really important to go to them if you need anything on your in-person days and even on your remote days, although I understand that scheduling an appointment is a hassle, it is available uh, to you on your remote days. There's also the school-based health center with a lot more helpful people there as well. And everybody who just wants to take care of you, that's what it is. If you really cannot take care of yourself or you need somebody else to rely on, those are the people that you go to. And if those don't work, you can call 211. 211 is a huge, huge resource and it provides everything from mental health help to financial assistance to housing assistance to food and to food assistance as well. It provides everything. It is your one stop to get any help that you may need, even if it's not just mental health related. And finally, we also have the crisis text line. You text the word SHARE, uh, S-H-A-R-E, to 741-741. And this would also help you if you're in a crisis. But ultimately, as I hope we all know, if it's an immediate crisis, you call 911. And so those are just some of the resources that are available to you because taking care of yourself is important. And if you need to rely on somebody else to help you do that, you should definitely reach out. And so with that, we're gonna close the episode. Make sure you share this with your friends and your family. Thanks for joining us and we'll MYL see you later. Uh -huh.